Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource, Five Ways to Reduce Litigation in Custody Cases. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. The thing I was not going to do was let any relationship take precedence over my experience as a mom and a co-parent. Like I just worked that I wasn't going to do. Would I make more mistakes? Maybe, but Mm -hmm. I was not putting any man before Bella. Yes. And I think that was huge with Chad that he saw me as a mom first, you know, before we even started talking and he knew right off the bat how much regardless of like where the kids are on what day, like I'm a mom first. And there was that like level of understanding and respect that I think was really, was really huge right off the bat. You've made Moms Moving On your number one podcast for co-parenting and divorce. Now it's time to get a little unfiltered. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Jess. And together, we're getting really real about all that happens after a mom has moved on. From dating after divorce to blending families, we're covering it all and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this unfiltered version of Moms Moving On. Welcome back to a brand new Moms Moving On series. We are talking all about dating after divorce, when to introduce the kids, blending families, how to tell the ex-spouses. We're covering it all in this series because you know what? It's time we did it. I want to introduce my co-host for this series, the beautiful and talented Jess Evans. She is my right-hand lady She is my lead coach here at Moms Moving On. She is a certified divorce specialist and Moving On Method certified coach, co-parenting mama. I love her. I'm so glad to have her here. So let's give a warm welcome to Jess Evans. Woo! Jess will be my partner in crime. Jess will be my partner in crime uh, for this series, and we know you're going to love it. So thanks so much for being here. Jess! I'm excited. Let's get into this. It was a little over a year ago where I asked you to do a podcast with me to talk about the book 
And you clammed up and you were like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do it. Now here you are, guns blazing. I know. I'm excited. Excited to get into this topic. Okay. So let's, let's talk about you. I think people have heard enough about me, but like, let's share your divorce story a little bit and why this topic is relevant to you. Okay. So we can start at the beginning. Um, We can start pre-divorce. As Michelle already knows, I was married young. And like, I know people say they were married young, but I was married at 18, which is like, I look back and I'm like, what were you thinking? Not only married young, but like married quick, on his lunch break, in the army, all the things. Was it a shotgun wedding? I was not pregnant. Okay. It was, oh my God, this guy loves me. I'm going to marry him. Okay. Like, to be, to be fair at 18, you don't know shit about fuck. You don't know right. anything. Mm-hmm. And you were hopeful and like for sure. round of applause for the hope. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, and then it was like, now we're married and I'm stubborn. So like we're sticking this out. Yeah. So we were, I mean, we were married for five years before we even had our first. So like we, we did it. Like we probably shouldn't have been married as long as we were. Um, But we made it work. We were really good friends throughout our marriage. Parenthood just kind of changed who we were as a couple. And I think we just kind of grew apart as we grew up, but we were married for over 10 years. So, I mean... Not a total loss, two amazing kids, learned a lot about myself, um, but found myself divorced with two kids at 30. So dating was like the last thing on my mind. And I hear this from so many women. Um, Obviously, you and I work with women at all stages of the divorce game. But, you know, for a lot of us moms, just treading water and keeping our head above the surface and taking care of our kids seems to be like all we can handle in that moment. Was it the same for you? I think it was that. I think it was just that I wanted to focus on my kids. I was going from being like a stay-at-home mom to trying to re-enter the workforce in some capacity. Um, But I think the hardest part too is that like Holden was starting kindergarten and like I felt like I was walking around with like a giant D for divorce. And I had like the thought of dating when all I saw were families. I was like, like where do, where would I even start? Where yeah. would I start yeah. dating when all of my friends are married? Who's going to be like my wing woman? Like they're home with their kids. Like some of my <laughs> friends were still having babies. Like there was no, like the thought of going out with anybody. I was like, no, thank you. You know what I felt like? I I felt like, yes, me too. I was the first in my crew. Everyone was still pregnant and having babies. And I felt like I was going to be like the Samantha Jones, like, you know, uh-huh. the crazy drunk friend, aunt, whoever that shows up to the party alone right. with stories of her latest dating conquests. And like part of that excited me, but the other part of me didn't want that. Right. I feel the same way. How did you know for you it was time to date? Because I... I have a weird, my story's weird. I don't even know that I knew that it was like time per se. I will say that for like the end of our marriage, you know, like women talk a lot about that. It's like years of like, this isn't the right person. This isn't who I'm supposed to be with. So I had already like grieved 
emotionally for like years leading up to our divorce. I felt so alone in our marriage that like, it wasn't like, you know, he left and I was like, oh my gosh, I miss him so much. I felt like I was like alone for so many years that when the time came, I'm like, okay, I'm like ready to get some attention from somebody, but like, how do I best approach this with two, like Sawyer was still in diapers. Right. So like, what do we do? For me, I felt this. So it was weird because First of all, I was a chronic like relationship person. Like I mm-hmm. I went from relationship to relationship and part of me knew that I couldn't do that again without the self-awareness to know that that is my pattern and that might be right. unhealthy. And Bella was also in diapers and my mm-hmm. thought was like no one's going to want me, you mm-hmm. know, when I'm changing diapers and watching right. Peppa Pig all day. But mm-hmm. then there was this other part of me that felt like I hadn't had I didn't have the right experience yet. I hadn't had like a fair shot at marriage right. and I wanted right. it. And part of me knew I was going to have it, which is weird because I've always been very like insecure and I don't know, but it was like this sense of knowing of like, the person is there, take your time, mm-hmm. do what you got to do. And I was committed to that. Like I was, I remember thinking like, this is so great sitting in my bed alone, watching what I wanted to watch and, you know, being with Bella when I had her and I didn't need anything interrupting that flow, but sure enough, Spencer interrupted that flow. Along comes Spencer. <laughs> yeah. How long was it for you before you met? So can we say his I name? Mean, Chad. Chad, we can say his name. <laughs> you can say his name. Um, I mean, the thing about Chad and I is there was never like formal dating per se in the beginning. It was more of like, as like cliche as it is, it was like a flirtation ship. Like I'm this like newly single girl who's like trying to like, you know, get back in shape at the gym. And like, just, I mean, for me, like moving my body was so helpful just throughout everything, like processing emotions, feeling good about myself, like finding myself again. And it was also really great because like I utilized the gym daycare for my kids to like you know, go play with other kids. And like, we kind of had a break from each other. It was really great. And then along came Chad at the gym. And I'm like, I remember sending a picture to my cousin and he was like on the Stairmaster and she was like, oh my God, look at his calves. And so we didn't know, I didn't know his name. Like we only called him calves. Like that was (laughs) what we called him to this day. My cousin still calls him calves for, for fun. So I was like, oh my, like he is like good looking. He's in good shape, whatever, whatever. I like, you know, fantasized about things. And then um, like we would work out at the same time and he approached me. Well, he'll say that he approached me and I ignored him, which I had my headphones in. Like I was listening to music. Right. You couldn't make it that easy for him either. I mean, honestly, Chad. Yeah, come on. So then um, he had talked to me on a day that Alabama played. As Michelle already knows, I'm like sports obsessed. So he was an Alabama fan. I am like a diehard. And like two Wisconsinites as Alabama fans just like is already crazy. Um, So he had like asked me something about the game if I was nervous. And I was like, I'm not nervous. I'm never nervous. And then it just kind of turned into like more talking. Um, He will say that what attracted 
um, him to me was seeing me with my kids, which was always like my favorite thing to hear because as a single mom, that's like, like a panty dropper for moms. Like, who's going to want me? Like I have two young kids. I like, you know, gained 60 pounds with, with both of them. Like, and I feel like most, because he's single, like no kids, never been married. Like who would like not want to run the other direction when seeing somebody. Right. So he said those panty dropping magic words of the way you mom turns me on. And then it was over for you. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was it. Knew it. Yeah. Um, So you went on your first date. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like interviewing your whole history, but I want to know, like, I want to know, And I think moms need to hear that it's okay Mm -hmm. to do this while you have little kids and while you're Mm -hmm. co-parenting, it doesn't make you a bad mom. Right. I remember feeling like it was going to make me a bad mom. Like I was doing something wrong because I was like out without my kids. And like, should I be telling their dad that I'm going to dinner with this guy? But like, it was so casual and easy and fun that it instantly felt like I was doing the right thing. Well, I'm glad you did that right thing. I am too. Um, So I remember feeling like I was definitely doing something wrong. I think because my intention was to stay single for at least a little bit and give myself time and space. I met Spencer so like haphazardly so shortly thereafter. And I was like the, in this inner turmoil, I felt ready. I felt more than ready. Mm-hmm. But then it was like the voice inside my head of all my friends who always said like, oh my God, you can't be alone. And then what would my ex think? And what would my family think? And right. it was that part of me though, was like, you know what, this guy is, the, I had this feeling that he was the one mm-hmm. and I hadn't even met him. And it was so crazy because I'd never had that feeling before in any relationship. And I don't know. You know, I kind of had to silence. And this is why I tell people you have to trust your gut because sometimes your gut might lead you astray, but it's also important to listen so that you can learn the lessons you need to learn. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad I listened this time because if I had listened to what everybody else was telling me, I would have missed out on the love of my life. I think the other thing that I think is so important is that like you, and we've talked about this, like you did the work leading up to that, like you recognized things in previous relationships or things that you had previously done. And that's kind of how I felt like I trusted myself for the first time. Like I didn't trust myself in relationships before. Same. I love to thank you for, yes, I did do the work. I worked really hard. And like you, I also grieved in my Mm -hmm. marriage before it ended and it broke my heart that it wasn't going to work. But there was, there had to be a level of acceptance so that I could move on. And I had accepted it, you know, very early into the split. You know, I think it's very different when you don't choose the split and you feel like you have to date just to see if you're still desirable or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's different on that end of the spectrum. But I mean, it's scary. Nonetheless, I was scared. I was so, I think I spent the whole first year of my relationship with Spencer terrified just of everything. I thought yeah, every I day, say- yeah, I thought I was one tantrum away from him being like, I don't want to deal with Bella. She's too young. My daughter's already 10. No, thanks. Like I was mm-hmm. every time we got the girls together and Bella would like throw a glass of water across the room. I'm like, yep, that's it. He's never going right. to talk to me again. I was so scared. I think I will say as much as I like 
grew and learned a lot about myself and trusted myself, I still feel like in the beginning of of our relationship, I almost tried to like push Chad away in some, in some instances, like, okay, like, well, do you see these meltdowns that my kids are having? Like you're sure, like you want this, like you want to be a part of this chaos or like, you know, like almost like, I mean, as you know, thanks to my childhood and my dad, like almost like abandonment issues of like, I'm going to push this guy away and see if he's really committed to staying with me. Um, And I think I learned that like, if he didn't want to be here, he wouldn't choose us. And I think I just had to like remind myself that I do deserve somebody that's going to choose us and that they're going to look at the kids as an asset versus baggage. Yeah. And I think it was seeing for me, I, I became more secure with time and also seeing how Spencer parents, his daughter, I'm like, right. you know what, this is somebody who's dedicated to raising a child, to to fatherhood, to co-parenting. So I knew because of his level of dedication and commitment that he would appreciate and respect mine because the thing I was not going to do was let any relationship take precedence over my experience as a mom and a co-parent. Like I just exactly. was that I wasn't going to do. Would I make more mistakes? Maybe, but mm-hmm. I was not putting any man before Bella. Yes. And I think that was huge with Chad that he saw me as a mom first, you know, before we even started talking and he knew right off the bat how much, regardless of like where the kids are on what day, like I'm a mom first. If there's a work trip that their dad has to go on, yeah, they're staying here. If they forget something and we're in the middle of dinner, I'm going to run it out there. And there was that like level (laughs) of understanding and respect that I think was really, was really huge right off the bat. You, you don't, you know, I see in, in the work that we do and, and just in meeting people on the street or, or friends in my community who will tell me that their, their new partners, whether they're boyfriends or husbands or girlfriends Mm -hmm. or whatever, make them feel almost guilty for putting the needs of their children first. And I have the same answer every time. I'm like, well, this is why 65% of second marriages end in divorce because of this kind of thing. And this is why, you know, we'll talk about introducing the kids in another episode, but this is in short why I believe in introducing the kids earlier rather than later, because you want to see how that person relates to them and how they relate to you relating to them. Because if- if they're going to make you feel like you're doing something wrong by leaving dinner early to bring the headband, as I had to mm-hmm. do 600 times when Bella was yeah. in her headband phase, like that's not for me then. Right. No. And I think that that was something right off the bat that that was like a non-negotiable for me. And it just kind of worked out. And then to kind of touch on like the introducing early, I think what's hard is that like for us, the kids were so little, they were already... So, you know, they were adjusting to spending time between my house and dad's house that I didn't want to be like, oh, here's my boyfriend. But I wanted them to like, I wanted to see how we interacted with the kids. So as like cliche as it is, like when we, when Chad was first introduced to the kids, it was more of like, 
this is my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like I, they were at an age where they couldn't really comprehend like boyfriend versus dad versus friend versus whatever. But it was really important for me to see how he interacted with them. And it was like a hit from the beginning. So that was good. A hit. Well, yeah, it is easier with little kids because they don't understand the dynamics of relationships, you know, right. And you could say, this is my friends. This is the person who delivers the mail. This is the right. guy from the park. It's, it's definitely different as kids get older. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Okay, so I have to ask. Yes. That first time when you were feeling sexy. Like we're like sex, sex, or just feeling sexy. Sex. Well, you're you're always sexy, so I know you're always feeling sexy. But like sex, sex level from one to ten. One being totally cool and normal. Ten being horrifically awkward and terrifying. What was it for you? Honestly, let's. I'm gonna back up just a sec to let you know that it was like Chad was the most patient person with me because I'm like, first of all, you have like abs. And I have stretch marks. (laughs) Like I just got done breastfeeding. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. So, I mean, we didn't sleep together for like a year. It was like almost like a solid year. Damn girl. Good for Chad. Seriously. But when, when it happened, it was great. Like, and I'm not just saying that to like, you know. So you were already comfortable with him so comfortable with him. Um, I trusted him, which like old me, like teenage me, like, no. So that like, I trusted myself that I was making the decision and it was more than just like having sex with him. Like there was that really strong connection at that point. Okay. Well, I love to hear that. Cause a, I did not wait a year. I'm not giving you more details than that. And B it was, I think you know, if you follow me or you know me, you know, I have such a long disordered history of body issues and food issues. And this was the first time I was dating somebody after I had a baby, you know, my, my daughter's father already knew what my body was like. And I was so insecure about it. I look back though, like this was six years ago, I was a freaking babe and I was skinny lot smaller than I am now, but anyway, I, I still felt how I felt nonetheless, because when you do have, you know, body dysmorphia, you're always going to feel like your body's not good enough. And I had the little C-section pouch. And I remember thinking like, you know, the first time it was going to happen, I, I'm like, just so you know, I had a C-section and there's a scar. And he was like, oh, okay. All right. Like was not even worried about that, but thanks for letting me know. No, I remember I was 
as nervous as I was, I did feel comfortable. And I mean, at that point I was just like ready. I was like, come on, like, let's, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, you had definitely taken your time. Kudos yeah. to you. Yeah. Um. So what would you say? Cause we have to give some tips here. If you are, if, if you are speaking to the recently separated or divorcing mom who is ready to just get back out there. What do you think is the first tip she needs to hear? Um, I would say that she's worth it. I think that, that to me is like, just like trust in yourself, trust that you deserve the world in a sense, like as cliche as that can be. I mean, you don't leave a marriage where you're unhappy and there's fighting or whatever there is to then settle for somebody when you're starting to date again. I could not agree more. I think that like you have to know, I think the biggest mistake we all make before divorce is we date and we go out there and hope this person likes us. And I think the perspective shift is exactly what you said, like you're worth it. And and the, the idea should be, are they good enough for me? Not am I good enough for them? So I think that that would be like the biggest tip when you're just like thinking about dating. And then honestly, like Chad and I just kind of like happened with like, you know, fell into place, whatever stars aligned, but friends of mine that have since been divorced and have dating have dated, they really do like find success on dating apps. Yeah. It's not uncommon way to weed out some of the bad ones, you know, maybe have some entertainment to send to your friends along the way. If it's, you know, some crazy guy on the internet, but I think you can really find your person. (laughs) Yes. You do have to be selective and careful. I think too, I was on a dating app and, um, it was a little wild for me. Granted, I only used it for a week before I was like, fuck this shit. But, um, it's hard. I don't know. I just, I think because of my role in social media and knowing that like so many people only put what they want other people to hear, it was hard for me to trust it. But I mean, I know so many people who have found their forever after, after divorce on dating apps, but we should do a whole other topic just on that because that's important too. Or you could just go to the gym and find somebody with really nice calves and Hope it all works. I, you know, of all the time that I've known you, you've never shown me a picture of his calves. I should, I probably still have some. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you yeah. some. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little, I feel like, you know, I'm missing out. For a out while, here. my sister would, then we would like FaceTime with my sister and like her friends would be like, Chad, can you flex your calves for us? And he like, <laughs> to this day is like, I don't even have nice calves, but whatever. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, okay. So next tip I want to give, and that is, you are going to feel guilty in some way, quiet that noise and help yourself by not telling anyone about your plans. Don't, don't start, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone who you share information with is going to feel like they have the right to comment and give you their opinion. And if it's going to upset you and you really just want to do things for yourself to see what feels right, enjoy your date and keep it close to the chest. Like you don't need to start telling everyone I'm dating after divorce. What do you think? Oh my God. Because you're bound to hear some things you don't want to hear. Did you have people in your life that were like, slow the F down? I don't necessarily know that they were like, slow down, but it was kind of like, be careful in a sense of like, 
I think I, there were like apprehensions because Chad's like younger than me, never married, never kids. Like, I think they were just making, wanting to make sure that I was like protecting myself given my history before, but they didn't know all the work that I had put in on myself. And that's why, like, people don't know what you really go through in your head, in your life. And so that's the biggest tip I can get because you're going to let so if I listened to other people's opinions, I never would have gone out with Spencer. Right. Okay. Let's, let's round it out. One last thing, newly separating or divorcing moms need to know about dating after divorce. I think that they just need to honestly like have fun in the beginning. You know, yeah. like I think parenting is, is challenging in and of itself. Single parenting you deserve to like have some fun when your kids are gone and like meet new people, see what you like, you know, I think shake your shit. Exactly. Get a nice dinner from somebody and have some fun. Put some lipstick on, feel like a woman again. I will say, and I think this has to be said, um, and this is a tip that you can take or not take. You, a lot of people ask, do I have to wait until I'm divorced to start dating? In the emotional sense, I don't think you do, but depending on how high conflict your case is, whether or not you're in litigation, if um, you are in the middle of your divorce process legally and you know that your ex finding out about this potential relationship could ramp things up and cause more conflict, in those cases, you know, you know your situation best. If you can do it without anybody finding out, great. But if there is a chance that it can instigate more drama in your legal process, it may not be worth it because that's more time and more money that you're throwing at the court system, at the divorce system, and it may be best to wait. So emotionally, do you always have to wait a certain amount of time? Not necessarily, but you know, for the greater good of your actual legal process, it sometimes is best to do that. But we hope this episode helps. I loved recording this with you, Jess. It was fun. I'm excited for this series. I can't wait to I know. dive the next one. We've got so many things to talk about. Thank you for being so open for the rest of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in working with either myself or Jess through your divorce process or your co-parenting process, you can email us at info at momsmovingon.com. We both love what we do so much. Um, but until next time, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program.
Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.